0: Who's this? Oh, you're an entrepreneur? Oh, you're a real estate investor? Oh, you're trying to learn from those who did it? Welcome into the lab then. Put your white coat on, gloves on, notepad, and let's build, y'all. Real estate experiment. What is happening, y'all? Today, I have the pleasure of having KR here in the lab with us, dialing in, um, Actually, you said you were, I don't know, are you dialing in from Philly or you said New York? Outside right now?
1: of Philly, outside, the same family in Philly, Yeah.
0: Outside of Philly, obviously also based out of New York and, you know, the serendipity, because I'm here in New York, as you guys know. So it's good always to have a, you know, a, a local close connection. The reason I say that is we're not too far from Philly. It's about what, a two hour train ride? Exactly. Absolutely. So first of all, welcome to the lab. Very unique, uh, because and the reason I say that is looking at your background, and I, I want to dive right into it uh, as far as, you know, who you are as a person, because in, in, I think that helps give us context as to what journey you've been able to tackle, because I, I'm going to get into the social involvement, the impact that you're in, which seems like a big pillar in your backyard, but I also want to understand, you know, you have, again, experience with business consulting, you have Uh, you know, Wall Street experience based out here in the Northeast. Uh, And obviously, you've been able to build yourself an empire. We were just talking about the amount of units that you had offline here where, you know, you're well over 100 units and multi-million dollar portfolio. We're talking about teams. I'm sure there's some vertical integration in there that we might want to get into. So, who is KR? We talked about the full government name offline, but who is KR, the KR before and who is the KR now? And how are you here today? Like, let's bridge that gap of who you became today as a real estate operator.
1: Well, I always say the thing is that I just take it back to when I was like in kindergarten. I remember vividly that one time when uh, my elementary teacher brought us KFC and she brought my favorite, which was a Original chicken, but she messed up and brought some damn macaroni and cheese and some mashed potatoes. I'm like, where's the coleslaw? You're killing me, baby. So I'm a little kid, but I know I love coleslaw. And I remember that vividly because I was looking at the the stars, our whole third floor was missing because our house burned down. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, look, I never want to be this poor again. And I never want to be in a situation where I have a place where it's food insecurity and housing insecurity. And so from that moment, I started to change the way I look at the world. And so I went to public school throughout Philly. My mother and my six siblings were on welfare. We moved around all the time. So I tell people I have a PhD and being a tenant. So I master what it means to be a tenant because I got to see all the different parts of the city. So I kept working hard, went to high school. I was a knucklehead in middle school, just was acting silly and skipping schools. And I thought C's was because I was cool and D's. You don't know what you don't want to know. Just just <laughs> go to high school. So I get in high school and I'm on a track team, the captain, cross-country captain, debate captain, graduated first in my class, school president, class president. So I changed my whole life around, got a full scholarship, went off to Bowdoin College of Maine, studied history and English, worked on Wall Street throughout my summers, got a job at Goldman Sachs. So I'm doing mergers, acquisitions and financing deals and industry work. Then I got to work for a hedge fund, $3 billion hedge fund in Boston, which was amazing, covering U.S. homebuilders and U.S. financials and U.S. Uh, uh, U.S. homebuilders and U.K. homebuilders and European financials. So then I, I then that's 2009. It's going crazy. And then I go out and I buy my first rental property. And then in 2018, I'm at nine rental units. Then 2019, I'm at 35 rental units. And then 2020, I'm at 105 rental units. I bought 70 units in the middle of a pandemic. I've been running my property management business, cleaning business since 2009. So it's been quite the journey. And that's how I am, where I am today. And I retired in August uh, 2020 from working uh, a full-time job.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. OK, so this is interesting because uh, we got we got some similar uh, similarities in as far as even region and then a little bit of obviously you're 10 steps ahead, which I love having guys in the lab like you who are true practitioners who are doing it boots on the ground. But I love it because I heard some vertical integration. That's my key word. But before I even get there, let's let's take a step back because I heard a, a few things there. Um, you you interesting. So first of all, there's an interesting growth. So I was taking notes because that's what we do here in the lab right? So you're doing the whole thing in Boston. You're doing the whole, uh, you you went the college route. Let's talk about the mindset real quick first. Yes. Because, you know, uh, I'm in consulting is my background, IT and investment banking, right? That's why I'm here in New York. Done a lot of that stuff. You know, I have a very different mindset as a business owner and as an investor and also my corporate job. So I'm very curious that, you know, you're also, you're not doing it for a small company either. Goldman Sachs, as you guys know, is a yes. big company and a lot of, I've seen your resume, a lot of big companies there. So when you are, you know, you've done the right thing, you've taken the right path. I want to talk about what is your mindset when you're at those jobs? Are you seeing the numbers? You're like, Hmm, I could do this myself too. Or are you getting like, are you getting a taste or are you just, are you just understanding the concept and thinking at, at the back of your head that I got to implement this by myself or, Was there some kind of paradigm shift along the way, or you knew the entire time when you were in school as well, that you knew you wanted to do this for yourself? Like, can you talk about that transition? That's a great question, because I think the mindset is very important,
1: just like you. And I think that happened when I was in middle school. So Mm, That's earlier than uh, I thought. That's
0: earlier than I thought.
1: Middle school around like 13 or 14, I was a knucklehead getting C's and one person wrote in my autograph book, I can't believe you made it. I said, you think I was going to graduate from eighth grade? Good Lord, have some hope and faith in the brother. That's where ours started. So my mother was frustrated and we went to go spend time with my stepdad and we were living with him in a studio apartment in North Philadelphia, about like 15 people. We didn't even have a bathroom door. It was a hot plate. It was just so poor. I had Uh, sisters that were teenage moms. And then that just opened my eyes because my stepdad said, look, don't be an F up like me and a lot of people in the family. We don't, we haven't taken the steps to be successful, but we know what it means and what you have to do. So don't Mm. listen to my words. Listen, don't listen to my actions. Listen to my words. And so at that moment, it clicked. And I was like, you know what, I'm gonna just try because I definitely don't want to be living with rats and roaches and struggling and, you don't know what the hell is going on. So from that moment, I start to pay attention. I would see the homeless person on the street, the bus driver. I would see the landlords. And I would say, all these people have to be replaced. I'm going to replace the, the, the business person, that landlord. I'm going to become that person when I get older. I don't want to be the homeless guy. I don't want to be the drug dealer. I don't want to be the bus driver. I don't want to be the teacher. So that's when my mind started to shift, saying, who do you want to be in this world? And then the other thing is that my parents... When they were together, when they were divorced, they had passion and also the local church and the businesses that were run by Blacks. They had passion, but they didn't understand money management. So I started reading books about wealth management, real estate, and all these different things, capital. And so my mind started to shift. So it started at that young age. And over the first thing I started to focus on was the three C's, which was one, intellectual capital. And that means going to school, reading books, becoming so educated right there. And then it was, the the financial capital. So I said, when I graduated from Bowdoin, I don't want to be a Rhodes Scholar or this other type of scholars. I need to go make some money. I need to go, as they say, go after the bag. So I went to Goldman Sachs and I said, look, I need as much money as possible to get that financial capital. And once I got the intellectual capital and I got that financial capital, then I got the social capital. And that was building the relationships. But what was great about working for Goldman Sachs was that you were at the top of the top And you were able to see how processes and systems were put in place and how major deals are done and how the master of automation and also um, the mastery of how to create value for your clients and for businesses and also how to scale and also how to build trust in your junior staff. And so that opened my eyes. So when I did real estate, I said, I wanna be, I wanna own the property management business. I wanna also do something like rehab. I think that I can set up a system. And build out teams where I can delegate and be able to
0: elevate Kr, hey, stop it stop you're giving too many double stacked gems I have to I have to I'm trying to write them down so I could make sure they don't slip to the cracks Got I'm you. serious you're Got doing you. such a good job you're over stacking first of all number one thing that sticks out to me that's really important is typically we're blinded by you know the blueprint that we get inside the house because you know, it's, it's what we know. It's what they know. Maybe it's what our parents know. Maybe it's what the, our uncle or cousin knows or friends or, or inner circle knows. What's really key, what jumped out to me is that, and I think that is that is very important for like like your, your wiring. Someone in your family was humble enough to say, don't do as I do, you know, do as I say, right? Yes. Which, that is so important because I think most of us even maybe today, even when we don't like in conscious competence, when we don't know what's, you know, that we're wrong, but we're telling the others, our loved ones that we're right. And this is the right way to go. That's probably worse. So first of all, your blueprint, you had a clean slate, which is really refreshing to hear. And I think sometimes we need more of that where we need to be more like, okay, listen, we've never done that. We've never had someone do that in the family, but tap into this book, tap into this resource, tap into this mentor, tap into this network, especially in this day and age where you can get that information because the information that I have, I always say, and this is why, this is literally why this podcast is called learning it from practitioners. Don't learn it from me. I'm your host bringing to you guys like KR who have done it. And I'm just over here passing on this knowledge. So first of all, very humble and very key pivotal. I don't know if you've realized this, but I think that is a key pillar in there. And then you talked about, you know, uh, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, so you, you talk about intellectual uh, uh, capital and financial capital, you got to secure the bag. I had one of my favorite uh, uh, guests come on, Tony Watley, I don't know if you know the uh, the side hustle millionaire, uh, IT guy, built a company on the side, had a job, used yes. that to pour into his companies and then yes. eventually did what you did. I think that often doesn't get enough attention it's so much about quit your nine to five what yes do you, yes but now you're taking from your business right i have yes, a business yes, and i have a I'm consulting but i'm not true. taking from my business i'm That's reinvesting true. back into it yes. right
1: that was my game plan from people would say why the hell are you moving so slow one unit in 2009 you only get to nine units in 2018 nine years you had to move that slow it's because i will buy a property for twenty two thousand invest 17,000 and appraise for $115,000. I get to take 80 something thousand dollars out, put that in a bank account, the annual rent or what have you, our cash flows, I'm making like five or 6,000, put that in a bank account. Imagine keep doing that for nine years straight and you still have your nine to five. That's why I didn't quit until 2020 because I was able to build up a cash reserve of several hundred thousand dollars. Then I can keep ownership of my apartment buildings and my houses Versus going to do a syndication deal. And you could brag and say, I own 500 units. And you ask the question, how much do you own of it? I own 1%. What the hell? I said, that's no benefit. The game is all about the equity. So Mm. therefore, that's why I decided to delay gratification, build up that intellectual capital, that financial capital. And then you have the social capital. So when you're ready, then you you don't have to get ready. You have people wanting to partner with you. So I focused Mm. on three R's, the track record, the relationship with the banks and all of them. And then we had the reputation. So now people come to me and say, can I partner with you? Can I give you money? Can you kiss my kid? I said, I do what I can for the community.
0: Let me, community. Let me ask you real quick, Eric, because you, you dropped another bum right there. So social capital, define that. What is social capital in so, this day and age so we understand so how the way that works?
1: I think about social capital. And some people say that your net worth is your network, But actually, I think that your net worth actually can be tied to your regular financial capital, even if you have all poor friends. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. But your social capital is how you start to use your relationships. So I serve on a few nonprofit boards. And what we're able to do is raise money for certain causes. So I went to a public school. We didn't have the creative arts. I was one of the honorary chair people that volunteer. And then I became a board member. I can write checks and then use all my friends to write checks to help that cause. I can also join an organization like in Maine, and I can be on the board and help with that organization, but also the social capital is also your relationships to get things done. So I can have friends at like black, black Wealth Renaissance or what have you, and we can build off of each other and exchange our skill sets instead of changing exchanging regular money. So the capital can be like my business partner Joe Mears for KJ Consulting, he actually was one of my students. Then he became a debt investor. Then he became an equity partner on three apartment buildings, and then we started KJ Consulting because he said, "I understand you do this private thing and pay people one on one. Why don't we start a whole platform? I can help yeah. them run the business." I said, "If you if if you're willing to be a, a general, then let's go. I can operate from the White House Ooh, the Situation okay. Room." And so, so that's what I mean by social capital.
0: So that's so good, I, and I want to just echo that because it's so important. I mean, this is essentially what we're doing right now, right? I mean, I can't tell you enough how podcasting has led to relationship partnerships deals uh for myself and clients and and then again future partnerships so that's that's one example but you you know you enlightened me there when you talked about hmm like things completely outside of the real estate scopes right like nonprofits here and there where you're in the community you're seen as a leader so then when you already and correct me if i'm wrong but this is how i'm i'm i'm, I'm breaking it down how i'm how i heard it right Right, that you're known as KR, the one and only, of course. Yes. Because there's yes. only one KR. But one. And you're, K-R. Yes. And you're known as this this guy who's involved in the community, who's giving back, and you're, you're you're you know raising capital for nonprofits. Yes. Because, you know, and now when it's time for for you to do the real estate deal, it yep. sounds like oh, of course we know who KR yes. is. We know yes. his core values. We know yes. what he stands for. Yes. And we know who he is. Yep. And we know he knows real estate, too, because that's yep. important. You got to know what you're doing. Yes. yes. And is that is that is that did I did I get that, is, that right?
1: That's 100 percent right. And that's why my name is on a few of my buildings, because I wanted to become a brand that you associate. This guy has good core, core values. This guy understands how to manage money. This guy is not about himself. I tell people I'm not self-made. I'm community made. So everybody in my community has poured into me. Even if they didn't have money, they prayed for me. They looked over me. They loved me. And that and they also provided opportunities, give me leg ups and hand ups. And so that actually put me in a position. So now I can look back and say and look left and right and say, how do I put these people on? And that's why we focus at KJ Consulting. When I call, I turn transformational wealth. And what I mean by that is you're able to transform people's lives today with wealth. A lot of people talk about generational wealth. So that's like up and down. I buy a house in 40 years. My children will be happy and they got money. That's cute and all, but we need transformational wealth. So my brother, I convinced him to get his real estate license. I said, I do a million dollar deal. You can get a 3% commission. He gets $30,000. He uses part of that money for his down payment for his house in a nice suburb. Now his children with five children and his wife, they live in a beautiful neighborhood outside of Philly, going to good schools. Not only that, he works with me on the next deal. He's able to make another 3% on the million dollar deal. So uh, guess what else? He's able to gift his in-laws $8,000. They're no longer living in an apartment complex. They own a duplex. So their lives have been transformed today, not in the future 50 years from now. Then I have my niece and nephew, they're interns. So we're transforming people's lives now. My aunt, she's doing the cleaning business. That's transforming lives today. Transformational wealth. Generational wealth is cute, but we need something that's going to transform our lives today and that's why we talk about this transformational
0: work. Well, you got to copyright that by the way because I haven't heard anybody talk about it and you said it so eloquently and it it feels good when there's guys like you step into the lab because, you know, it 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 kind of reinforces the idea, yes, you're on the right path. You know, one of the things we do for one of our short-term rentals, I had my sister as the manager. I had to, you know, walk her through the process. Now, guess what? Another thing that I I, I we also there's so many good things you're you're dropping that I want to make sure I tie all together so one is transformational which is so key and essentially it's really tapping into your community and giving those people opportunities that they wouldn't have had because of you know had you not been there which I love because you said people are pouring into you but Kara what you've done is you poured into the people and it comes full circle so that's super powerful now one thing you did talk about is you know, corporate experience, right? Yes. And one thing I do want to highlight it or in, in ask you, cause you're here and we have the, the luxury of having you here. You talked about systems. You talk about processes. Yes. You highlight that a little bit, because I think that's another thing that slips through the cracks where people don't really realize that as an entrepreneur, if you consider yourself an entrepreneur or a small yes. business, I mean, essentially, these companies were one day in that position, and then they put systems into place and yes. and and people in power, and then it grew into corporate. Some so some people are so big to throw rocks at. Oh, that's corporate, but they're really missing the point that if you are yes. in a corporation, there are so many values and gems and systems that you can leverage that are proofs of concepts. So yes. what? If any systems yep. you see and you're like, oh, wow, I'm going to implement that. Absolutely. In my so when I went to Goldman Sachs, it was amazing
1: because we had six weeks of training where you get killed, you're working crazy hours. So you're learning how to do finance the way they do finance and think about accounting the way they do accounting. So my friends were at other investment banks or what have you. Goldman Sachs, what we had is we had a Bible, the Goldman Sachs Valuation Bible. And they said, if you are in doubt, this book was written by the practitioners. They said, this is the way we do an LBO. This is the way we do a DCF. This is the way we do a comparable analysis. This is the way we do transaction analysis. And you will flip through. I still have this book, a 300, 200 page book. And if you didn't know anything, you flip through this book. It tells you what to do. You don't even lose sleep. I was like, why don't the other things do? That makes it so much easier. And it made it so simple And straightforward. So they had all these different processes about how they would do things. They also lay out how they would do our presentations. We had GS works. And I said, when I start a business, I'm going to create like a template, a book that has best practices. So my KJ consulting business, my property management business, cleaning business, even when tenants move into my apartments, we give them a hand, a layout about how do you clean the apartment? What do you call us for? What is most important? So everything becomes systematic. Whenever we do an eviction, we have systems in place that you don't even need to know how to think. So you can go, I can get hit by a car. The whole business can operate. And that is what I learned when I was working for these companies is that they start to have systems in place and automation. So when I first started, I started with Excel, but now I use Buildium for our um, apartment buildings and our houses. So we no longer accept cash payments because we never accept the cash, but we no longer accept um, certified checks and also money orders because guess what? Someone on my team will have to go to the bank and deposit that. So now what we do is we do pay near me. So that means that the tenants will have to pay three ninety nine dollars to go to 20,000 different stores if they can pay their rent. Or you can do an ETF and use your bank account or use your credit card. But do not ever send us cash, don't send us money orders and don't send us certified checks because we're trying to streamline the process and make it more efficient so we can get this thing rolling. And I tell my staff Everything should be so simple that we can have we have two high school interns that even a high school interns could run our whole business. It should not be rocket science. I Mm. think a simple business is a great business. Now Mm. if you're gonna be a surgeon, are you gonna be an engineer or something? That may be a different business. But I'm telling you, we're running the KR business.
0: I love that. Simple business is I love that. So going let's let's this is so good. You took the systems. Yep. You were a practitioner and then you took it and you started building your empire. We actually didn't even get into it yet of what kind of, or, you know, we say real estate, real estate is so broad. Yes. You talked about 2009, right? Yes. you think your nine rentals, is that what you said? In
1: 2009, I owned one rental. Yeah. One rental.
0: Okay, cool. In Let's this, talk about that. In
1: 2018, I mm-hmm. had nine. And some okay. people would say- what the hell you move slow as hell.
0: Tell tell us, tell us, break break it down. What kind of property did you get in 2009? So so, so what I focused on between 2009 and 2018,
1: I don't think you should be a jack of all trades. I don't think you should be doing Toro and you should be doing Airbnb. You should be doing apartment buildings and individual houses. No, I did single residential families uh, a row homes which had three bedrooms, one and a half bath. And if they didn't have a half bath, I put one
0: in a piece. Tell, tell us why before you get so far, because you get so good at giving so much value. Tell us, tell us why we shouldn't be the reason a jack why of you shouldn't trades. do
1: that is because you become a jack of all trades and a master of none. And actually, you got to remember your brand, right? And if you are starting out and you're a poor kid or you don't have that much experience, you want to be able to go to the bank and say, "Look, I focus on single family homes with three bedrooms, one and a half bath." They are road homes in this Philadelphia area within these two or three zip codes. I'm an expert. I understand. I know all the churches. I know all the rents. I know this thing, cold up and down. And what's going to happen is that the bank is going to start saying, wow, this guy knows his cost for how to rehab these houses. So I do easy breezy cover girl houses where we're not doing the full guts. We're doing sheetrock on top of sheetrock and we are refinishing the floors. And so I was able to go to the banks and say, I invested, I, I, I never use hard money, hard money loans. I said, look, I only need 15,000. You give me a piggyback loan if you want. I'm going to put 15% down, use the credit union to buy this house for 40,000 or 70,000. And then I'm going to spend like 15 or 30,000 max. We're going to go to the bank and they're going to say it's valued at 130 or 140. I'm going to put that 70 or 80,000 aside. I'm going to put all the rent money aside. And all my deposits are going to go to that bank. So now they start to say, wow, this guy is really, he's focused and he's disciplined. And he's a master of the single families. Was that so
0: strategic Kr? Not to cut you off, when, when you said that same bank, are you also building that social I capital? Build,
1: yep, I'm building that relationship.
0: Remember I said the 3R.
1: So you build the track record and then the relationships with the bank and the contractors. And you're learning every process from A to Z. And so now the bank says, well, we've been working with this guy for many years. Mm. And he's always been consistent. And guess what? I know that the law had changed uh, like around 2012 or 11, where you used to only be able to put four loans in your name, but the government said that they want to boost the housing market. So now they let us put 10 in our personal name. And the reason why you put in your personal name is because you can get a longer amortization, which means you're going to have amortization over 30 years versus 20 years. If you do an LLC, you're going to have a lower interest rate and you're also going to have better terms for your insurance. So therefore you get more cash flows. So I said, I'm hitting that mark of those 10 uh, houses in my personal name. Now I can convert to the apartment buildings because I, I am an expert at this level. I feel as though I'm ready for the next level. And so that was always a part of my strategy. And it was realistic. If you can buy a house for 40000 and you put 15% down, that is, uh, you got $4,000, you got, you're going to have to put $6,000 down. So it's a lot more realistic to build your portfolio doing it small and becoming a master. And then I went to 2018, I got nine units next year, I went to 35 units and the next year, 105, because I had those buckets, where you say I got my cash reserve. So when I want to go shopping, I got my cash reserve when I have issues. And then I have my money for my nine to five, which is going to take care of my regular life. So I never have to touch the other two buckets, mm. so it's very strategic. In terms of thinking, and I learned that working for some of these big companies and learning how to analyze how they thought about five year, 10 year, 20 year plans.
0: Talk to us about, uh, first of all, I I think this is so good because it's such a humble process and it shows also that you're playing the long term game and it's showing a little bit of a compound effect because clearly, you know, in the beginning is the hardest, it, it appears, Yes, um, which I want to ask about, right? Because it, it took nine years. I want to know what was going but, on in your head.
1: But this is the right. craziest thing. When I yeah. first started, and everybody thinks rent's always been a thousand dollars a month. That is a myth. Back in the day, rents used to be like seven hundred dollars a month. You'd be happy you make like five thousand off of it for the whole year for for your cash flows. So I went from making like annual rents of let's say eight thousand or what have you in two thousand nine, then two thousand eighteen, my nine properties, eighty five thousand dollars a year. I'm like, man. I'm doing it. I'm killing it. I got $85,000 from these nine properties. Now I make close to a hundred grand per month. So I make making way over a million dollars now a year. So mm-hmm. that's why I tell people, if you play it right, if you do what's necessary, then do what's possible. You'll find yourself doing the impossible. Most people don't do what's necessary. And then they definitely forget to do what's possible. Yeah. And that's how I ended up being where I am today.
0: So tell us, tell us, because obviously with the momentum, Things get, you know, reserves get bigger, leverage gets, you know, yes, commercial, yes, right, yeah. uh, uh, invest, uh, asset-based lending, etc. But let's let's close that gap for some of these folks listening, right? The first to the ninth, what were you doing to the ninth? Yeah, actually, ninth on that's, nine, right? On the ninth true. year, it was actually nine yes. years. So, yes, what were you doing? Were you stacking? Were you educating I was, yourself? I, what I, were you doing I, during those nine years?
1: So, what we're doing is we continue to focus on those. The three things we mentioned earlier, which was one, uh, the three R's, which is first the track record. So I want to be able to prove that I can buy distressed assets and I bought foreclosure, short sales, RLEs offline, uh, what have you, online, MLS, auction.com. And I'm telling that I'm showing to the bank and to the world that I can do this. This little black boy can do this whole process by himself. He understands how to get the money from the bank. And every time I've taken a, 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 I'm about to say private, like I'm working at a hedge fund or something, or a bank. But every time I took one of these properties, I bought it at a discount. Every time I did a refi, I got like two to five times as much money as I put it into the investment. And so if you're able to prove to the bank that you've done this over nine times, they're going to say, what the hell? We'll give you anything you want. We'll even give you our babies. So I was able to show them that I have the, the track record and the relationships by sending deposit there and stuff like that. And then you have this reputation. On the other hand, I'm getting that intellectual capital. I'm learning every aspect of the business, whether it's property management or how to do loans, how to negotiate with mortgage brokers, how to build relationships yeah. with the title companies, with my lawyers. So I'm killing it on that area. And, and then I also have the relationships with the contractors. I, they can't get anything over me. I understand the whole process. And then I have that reputation. So, and then what's happening, is you have the three C's and the three R's coming together. And so now you're on fire, you're fire on all cylinders. And so I remember my first commercial deal, I used the same title company for my individual houses. And I said, I need to get a lawyer. I need to write this up. And the, t- the owner of the title company said, you know what, KR, I'm going to pay for the first lawyer to work on your commercial deal because you brought us so much business. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll be damned. I like the way this operates. So after building that relationship and that reputation, things start to open up. And so now I have banks and lenders. They call me and say, KR, my numbers are not damn. My numbers are damn." do you have any deals that you want to do with us? Cause we know you can do deals. I said, but I thought you had restrictions from COVID. They said, that's for everybody else. For you. We're going to change the world. So while we're in the that middle of awesome. crisis, they let me put 20% down, a lot in at 3.19% interest rate for the next five years on a, a commercial deal, like one over $1.2 million. And people were like, how the hell are you getting these rates? The world's coming to an end. It's because the three C's and the three R's paid off. So I'm reading books, I'm becoming a practitioner, I'm hanging out, I am becoming what the world wants me to become. And so I think that's what
0: I did during that time period. That's amazing. Well, in the retrospect, and I, and I almost don't like to ask this because it's the response is, is influenced by where you are today anyway, but with what you know today, right? And all the experience that you have, is there anything you would have um, not done differently per se, but is there anything that you would have, that would have maybe even expedited your growth looking back in hindsight during those uh, nine years?
1: No, absolutely. I think that everything worked during the the way it was supposed to work out. So during the, those nine years, I also went to business school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also had got my real estate license. So all that time I'm gain, gaining all that knowledge in those relationships, I'm doing everything. I never used my real estate license because I said, look, if everybody around your team is eating, then people won't be jealous. The more you feed people around you, the more motivated they are. So my brother and other people that work for me, I said, I want y'all to get real estate lives because I want everybody to eat. I'm not a selfish person. And plus, I don't want to get burned out. And I want to get to a point where I can be anywhere in the world and the whole team can keep making money while I sleep. Yeah. I didn't retire to take on a new job. And mm. so um, that was the thing that was really, really pushing me was trying to figure out how do I position myself? I also lost my biological mom. And-
0: we'll be right back. Dad in
1: 2011. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of things going on. But I think all those reasons, all those things happen for a reason. And I, I look back on it with fine, fine memories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. My condolences to them. And and uh, obviously they've done a good job uh, raising a you know, strong, you know, strong rooted man who's able to take on the world. And, and really, I commend you for that. Um I want to, I want to highlight one thing as we transition into the growth side and then the management, the cleaning and, and I love, again, I really love what you're saying about, you know, you even getting your license, understanding how it works so that when you are delegating, you really understand the process as well. Um, But, um, does the 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 ninth year nine units were those individual doors? Were those? Was it, that a commercial? They one? were all
1: individual doors.
0: So and I same concept, right?
1: Specialize in the same concept, okay. and they would. And the reason why you do that, and a lot of people don't realize that. When I analyze these companies like Chipotle, a lot of people, when I bought in my neighborhood, I had said, "I'm going to buy in Cobb Street. I'm going to become the master. I see the trends. I read the reports. Go to the local meetings. Go to the local churches. Catholic, mm-hmm. black, become an expert." The other thing is once you really zero in on your concept and if you understand restaurants, they'll have restaurants around the country, Chipotle, the restaurants are the same square foot. If you go read the 10K, they'll say that they open them at the same square foot. And they also say, we they don't just open one restaurant in Philadelphia, then one in LA. No, we're going to do like Starbucks. You made five, ten 10 of our restaurants within the same radius because we're going to leverage our relationships in terms of like mm-hmm. with contractor storage and logistics and everything so i said i'm going to do the same thing with my individual units but not only that i'm going to be able to get it down to the square footage that i know exactly without even walking in i can tell you how much i'm gonna to have to pay for the square um per square foot and that's why i decided to focus on that because when i go talk to the banks and they do presentations the bigger your loans are they have to go to loan committee and stuff like that when you're in the minor lease, they said oh we'll give you 80 but when you say i need five million i need two million they say oh wait a 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 minute and then they're going to have you go to the committee. And so that's why I focus on the three bedrooms, one and a half bath, row homes, and Cobb's Creek area because I wanted to become an expert. And it also was great for marketing and show them that you're very focused on the type of thing that you do. And then once you prove out that concept, then they're willing to believe that you can move into another area. What happens is that people don't have track record and they're all over the place. So their big money in terms of banks or outside investors will not trust you. They think you're like a joke. You change, yeah. your, you change your business ideas like you change your underwear.
0: Yeah. No, that's such a good reminder. And I think that's for anything, really, really niching down before you can even kind of go oh, broad.
1: The riches are in the niches.
0: We've I talked about this time. and we see it over over again. If you're listening to Experiment Nation, the, you know, the secrets continue to come by if you're closely listening to them, or at least I wouldn't even call them secrets, but really laws. I mean, so let's, let's uh, um, one thing you talked about the banks, I got to ask you. Um, we hear a lot about local banks, which is one thing I actually want to get into um, as far as, you know, building a long term relationship. Was that a local bank? Was that your, your traditional oh, yeah. Bank of America? So, what so, what kind of bank?
1: So I always tell people, yeah. I always tell people, look, think about the way you build a relationship with a bank is the same way you think about building a relationship with someone you love. Whoever. No one likes one night stands, even though they're fun. Afterwards, you'd be like, man. I wish I would have stayed in contact. Are you like, man, that was the worst experience of all time. When you go to a bank, a bank makes money by you giving them deposits in business. So I tell the bank, look, I only got one property right now. I start with the credit unions because the credit unions are supposed to be focused on helping the community. And I said, look, credit unions, they also have the most lenient terms. So they'll have lenient terms on on a credit card on the down payments and all those different things. So they said, hey, we'll give you 15%. I said, I like that on an investment property. We good friends all day, every day. I said, I'm gonna send some deposits over there. I'm gonna open up a CD account, um with a certificate of deposit. So you wanna stay money going in. Also, I said, I'm gonna do the loan. So the bank will make money by it. When you give them deposits, they can lend that out and make a- Absolutely. So I focus on a small bank because they may only have like two or three branches. And guess what? If you're looking at the girl, or uh, the guy, whoever you interested, and they ain't getting that much attention. We at the prom, who do you think they're going, who, who do you think going to love you the I, hardest? I love so this. I would go directly over to that small bank with two branches and say, look, I'm giving you all I got. I know you ain't got much. I ain't got much, but let's grow together. Wow. And so that's what I would give them is a $5,000 certificate deposit. They're like, whoa, and you're going to bring in, let's say, 5000 on a regular basis, and then we continue to build. So I started with a credit union, and actually people don't know this. I'm going to drop this gym. When you do like a credit union, um, new credit card, they give you like 15 months without interest. They'll let you transfer that $10,000 $10 into your bank account without paying a transfer fee. You go try that with Bank of America, you're going to have to pay like 3 to 4%. So a lot of people don't know that. So you start with the small bank, at, at credit unions, get multiple relationships. Then you start with the local banks as well, like, the, like small little banks. And then you can move to mid-sized banks like uh, and you, in your state that maybe is in like five states and then you move to the big national banks like TD Bank and Bank of America because once you start doing the multi-million dollar deals, now everybody want to be your friend. Back then they act like they didn't know you. now they all up on
0: you. Now they all on you. <laughs> KR man, this is so refreshing. I love this. Thank you so like you you are and I can tell you have you know you're a good student because you're a great teacher. Uh, you, you make it so easy to understand. And uh, trust me, I've interviewed a lot of guys, so it's really good when I hear that. When you're really able to really tap into the listeners, you really gave us context there, and that's really important, even for myself, because I know that's something that I need to to really uh, think about, uh, treating it like uh, the relationship and, and, and going to prom. Um, so, so wow, this so this is great. So, so it comes full circle. So, I wanted to ask you. You talked about cleaning. You talked about you know, making, you know, your, I don't know if it was family, brother, you know, oh, agent, yeah.
1: you get the whole family involved.
0: Gotcha. Okay. It's okay.
1: like the episode on, uh, it's like that scene in American gangster. When um, I forgot Denzel, he calls home and they said, boy, go on the phone. That's your brother on the phone. He want us all to come up to New York. So what I tell my family is that once I became a multimillionaire, not 1 million, 2 million, 5 million, a real multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, call my family and bring everybody up to the top floor we're going to be all multimillionaires. So that's my legacy. My close friends, my business partner wasn't a millionaire in 2018, Did only own, didn't own any real estate. Now he owns 60 units. Now everybody, I want you all to come to the top
0: floor. Yeah, lo- all lo- money in, no money out. I love that. So ah, that's so good. And this is actually, we'll, we'll go off off track for a little bit here. And this is actually why I'm a big fan of um, LeBron James as a what he's been able to do, right? Going back into his community and uplifting those you grew up with and giving them the education, giving them the tools like Rich Paul, right? I don't know if you're as closely familiar with what he's doing there, but that's essentially what you're doing for those of us who are understand the game is, is keeping it in vertical integration. So this, which is what I want to talk about next. You talked, you you touched on it a little bit, but I want to talk about it. You're talking about property management. You talk about all that, when did that come in and when did you, because you are so narrowly focused on, on your goal of, okay, this is our niche, this is what we're doing. At what point do you say, hmm, let's start to actually implement this in-house instead of actually paying somebody else to do it?
1: Well, it all started um, from day one, from the very beginning. So for me, wow. the way I looked at it was, I said, I what at the time I was living like in New York or Boston, I said, I don't live in Philadelphia, but that's where I'm buying my first rental property. I said, my stepmom, she used to work for license and inspection. She worked for a bank and then worked for the city. She know contractors. Then my other brother, he was doing like property management for another company. I said, I could just hook these two up, have them get involved. And I said, give them both credit cards in my name and also write checks where I sign it and they're authorized to write the checks. They can interact with the contractors. I'm working these crazy hours for these companies and we can build together, add them. And when you do transformational wealth, it means that you're also adding them to the will, giving them some equity. You're really, they're not just employees. This is a part of all of the family's legacy. And so it started really early on. And then I also asked like my aunt, she does cleaning. I said, look, how about you come clean my units? And matter of fact, when I have relationships with other people, i'm gonna call them we'll charge i don't know 500 or something and you get to keep a spread you keep your 300 i take 200 or i take 150 so we start to think differently landscaping business tell my brother we'll buy all the we'll buy all the equipment that they need and i said then you guys can go out and make money without me because Mm -hmm. look it's about all of us eating it's not just me eating and so that was always the strategy
0: wow wow okay so let's talk about the 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 partnerships um you co-founded this and um and when I say this it's KJ Consulting yes um tell me about you know it seems that you're you're really good actually selling the vision and then selling the actual partnership so that you know people are actually engaged into the project into because like you said you give them equity and you give them a, a, yes. a win-win situation yes. talk to me about how you were able to uh, cause it sounds like, again, you, again, you still have your nine to five and you're building something great, which is, again, this is why I think it's the smartest thing to do. And that's what I do with my agents, right? That referral business agents or brokerage because I'm working, but then I'm still, they're still winning. Everyone wins. How did you go about creating this partnership? And what did you look at? Did you look at all my strengths and weaknesses? Did you look at proximity sure. to the family? Do you even look at that? Cause it sounds like you're more about keeping it close in a circle. So So how do you do that?
1: What I first do is I look at family, I look at friends, and I look at talent and potential. So Mm. what I see people, like maybe someone like you, a lot of people out there, they know how to run, they know how to throw, they know how to catch. My job with KJ Consulting is to teach you how to be a better runner, a better thrower, and a better catcher. What Mm. happens is that sometimes you have raw talent like Michael Vick. And you may have an amazing game, but then you're hanging around the wrong people. Then you get caught up in prison. You'll never see your full potential. You may get a second chance. You're a good person, but you just then never get to the top. Or it could be like Mahomes, and I will coach you all the way up to get you championships to change the way you look at the world. Because you don't even have to be great if you have the best coach. The coach can coach up mediocre people to do great things. And so my job was when I worked with Joe, he was like, look, I know I. I he still has his nine to five. And I said, look, you don't, I don't want you to quit right now. You got to keep building. You haven't hit your number. But what I will do is take you as a private student. I will teach you. I will coach you. And if I think you're ready, then maybe I'll let you be a debt investor because I have to date you before I marry you. So he became a debt investor. He didn't get on my nerves. So then I said, you passed that test. And so then I said, now we can buy an apartment building together. And then after sitting back, Joe and I were sitting around. He said, KR, you're so talented. You're teaching me so much we got to give this to the masses, not just a private thing. And I said, all right, let's start a new business. And I said, under these conditions. And so I said, you're going to be the day-to-day guy. I'll also help out, but I, I cannot run 18 different businesses and be involved on a regular basis. I can help you in many ways. So I let him drive that, but I'm still coaching him up and we're growing that business together. And the curriculum, everything has my hands on it because he's one of my number one students. And so he has 16 units and like Indiana. I have students in Columbus, Ohio. So with that business, what we do is we teach you my proven method that I use since 2009 to analyze any market in a country and also how to analyze a one to four unit uh, rental. So it can be like a single family. We'll teach you how to analyze it, give you the case studies, but we also give you the Excel where you just pop the numbers in. It'll tell you if the city makes sense or the state, and then it'll tell you if that deal makes sense. And then, but what I always also believe in, we don't do one night stands. So once you sign up for KJ uh, Consulting, our boot camp on July tenth, you're not you're not going to keep get, having to pay. You pay one time three forty nine. But guess what? We're not into one night stands. So we're going to stick with you for the next twelve months and do check ins because you're not going to embarrass me, and I'm not going to nickel and dime you. So I know that people may get exposed to something and it doesn't stick. So my job is to get on your nerves and keep throwing things at you so things start sticking. And that's how we teach you in our course. We give, you, we give you the questions to ask the property manager. We show you the gloves so you can put the glove on. The one that we use in our markets, when we have relationships, you get access to all our brokers, property managers, our realtors. So we make it easy for you. Right. Versus some of these things, they just want to run up the score. Because they're trying to get rich off of you. Versus well, my thing is, it's my legacy. Absolutely, so I want you guys to learn and make money. So that's what we do at KJ Consulting. We teach you with a virtual boot camp, and then we do one ninety nine consultations. Someone on my team, um, and on our page, we're just trying to educate you about transformational wealth and transformational health, and changing the way you think about the world.
0: Absolutely. Wait, what? One of the things that you know, um, if I'm, I come back on track. Yeah, that I was going to ask you is you talked about this is you know the elephant in the room. There's a lot of folks out there talking about hey, you know, do it this way so that you can invest with me, and we know who those guys are. What I was going to ask you, uh, Kara, is like you know there's a lot of guys, cats in the game, talking about a lot of different strategies. Uh, there's a lot of different ways. There's not one right way. Uh, what are you telling your students? Because you talk about what you did with the single family, you know, there's a lot of guys talking about all oh, multifamily only. I wanna, yeah. I, I wanna actually bridge the gap between yeah. what you're telling your students and then what you're actually currently doing as well, um, as far as now that you're scaling up and how those two maybe are separate or maybe They're the separate. same.
1: They're very separate. So yeah. what I tell my students is I want you to start with the single family format. I want you to become a master with the single family. And one is because I realize that a lot of my students may not have the largest bank accounts and things of that nature, And this is a new experience for them, so I do not encourage my students go out and get a lot of business uh, credit, like a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Because if you've never managed five thousand dollars, I don't know how you're going to manage all that money. The Mm -hmm. other thing is that I tell my students to get it in their personal name instead of an LLC because they don't. I don't want them running up all these fees. And then I tell them get the regular insurance on the house and then get an umbrella insurance because I tell them the same thing. Like when you and the way it works is that when it's raining outside. You may actually go outside and just have your raincoat and say, oh, I'm good today. I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and say, go get your umbrella, too. So I want you to have your umbrella, and I want to have a raincoat. So I want to protect my students and make sure that they get most of their cash flow going before they start to jump to something that's more complicated and sophisticated. So all of our students, we teach them that uh, to do that initially. Now, we do have an invitation only um, protege Mastermind course where we teach you how to analyze for apartments, but you have to have some experience or have taken our prior course. We do not let you; we don't allow people just to jump to that level. And people don't realize when you want to scale up and get in those big apartment buildings, they have three requirements primarily. One is that you have experience. Two is that you have the down payment, which is normally larger for a five hundred thousand dollar property. You might have to put a hundred thousand down or two hundred thousand dollars down. A lot of people don't have that, so you got to have the experience. You also have to have the down payment, but also the net worth. So no one wants to loan someone a million dollars if they are not, if they don't have a guarantor that is worth a million dollars. No. And so the banks are really big on that. So they're like, okay, what is your real net worth? Without out, Outstanding, not even your normal, your house. So some people may say I'm worth a million because I have a nice house. The big banks, when you go and buy those big apartment buildings, they want to make sure that they're given to someone that is a sophisticated operator because they can lose a lot of money. Banks are very conservative. So our students, we say, Get your personal house, get a house in your name, do one to four units, do an FHA, uh, use credit unions, uh, that direction first. And then you can advance to the next level, which is five units and up, which is for the big boys. Um, and you probably should partner with someone who has experience or you should gain that experience before you just jump and risk all your money. So my view, better to be safe than sorry.
0: Excellent. Now, as far as you talked about creating that relationship with some of these credit uni- unions or local banks, do you feel that having that relationship maybe when you're starting one or two or three uh, can actually help you get? I mean, you, you said it happened yes, for you, but do you, would does. you would you recommend that for someone who's listening so that maybe yes, you don't have to have that net worth? Maybe because you, you have the trust oh, no, not, but that, You can't maybe, get around. You can't yeah. get
1: around the net worth requirement.
0: What What is an ad- an advantage to a listener for for having that 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 relationship from, from the beginning that they wouldn't get at a bank of America per se, or, or TD or yeah. whatever.
1: So with the, with, if you have the relationship with the smaller bank uh, and you have the relationship with the uh, local, the local bank or the credit union is that they may have some more flexibility. So with the big banks have to stick straight to the book. So say for instance, you and your partner, you probably don't have the straight up $1 million, but you and your business partner, He may have $500,000 net worth. You have 500,000, or you may be a $200,000 short from what they required. You want to get a $1 million loan. The local bank or the credit union may say, you know what? We normally want the net worth to be this, but we'll let you slide with 700,000 because you've always been consistent and a faithful customer and an operator. So they'll be a little bit more lenient and flexible. And they'll say sometimes, look, we'll let you put down 20% this time, or we'll do 15, or we'll we'll keep the loan in-house so Mm -hmm. they can be more creative. Uh, typically if you want to get the, in the big lease and when I, when I mean the big lease is like a, to buy a five unit for $500,000, that's not, some people are going to be worth a hundred thousand dollars. I'm talking about when you buy like my 24 unit, when you buying something for 1.78 million dollars. And then the bank expect you to put seven hundred thousand dollars down because they want thirty five percent down payment because of the crisis. And then they also want to keep a reserve for a whole year. So we talk about big money. We're not talking. It was cute when you had to bring 70,000 to the table. But when <laughs> you got to bring 700,000, yeah. you better have some deep pockets and have some experience because banks are very conservative.
0: Excellent. So now fast forward, because this is the, the pool that you're playing in. What does it look like for you at this level now when you've got to have a $700,000? Are you raising uh, capital from limited partners? Or are you taking money from uh, an existing portfolio? Do you have enough reserves on the side? Like, what does that look like in your ecosystem? So someone can be like, okay, when I get to Keras level, this is actually how the game is played. So what, what's
1: great about like the path I took was like, I was telling you, I will buy something for 20000 put 17000 in. And I'm able to refi and get eighty thousand. So imagine you did that for ten times. Now you have like eight hundred thousand dollars of your own money, and you were able to keep all your annual rent. Say that is five thousand. Five thousand times ten. Say you got eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, and that's realistic if you decide to spend ten years and keep your regular job. So you keep your. So my regular job is how I live my life, and all that rental income and those refis where the cash is just free and everything, no tax free. It's just building and building. And so, therefore, we go when we buy our first triplex for two hundred thousand. We put thirty percent down, sixty thousand. Guess where that came from? From that big reserve. Then we decide to go buy our first six unit. That was let's say three hundred and it was three twenty five, but let's say three hundred thousand. You got to put let's say twenty percent down, another sixty thousand You take that from the pot. Then you go buy another four a four hundred fifty thousand dollar property. Put twenty five percent down. You take a hundred from the pot. Then you want to go buy a million dollar apartment building. You only need to put twenty percent down, so you get you could take another one hundred, or you could take two hundred thousand on your own. So you run through your own money, but guess what? Your cash flows are starting to go up as well. So I told you in eighty in two thousand and eighteen, I was making eighty five thousand dollars for the whole year, and I own a large percentage, like over eighty percent of my 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 stuff. So now we're making a hundred grand every close to hundred grand every month. So guess what? The cash reserves are coming in, and it goes into the right buckets. You got the reserve bucket that's just to buy new property, and you got the bucket for emergencies, and then you just got the bucket for while now if you just want to have fun (laughs) in the streets. So um, that's how you build it. But guess what? Now I'm so big, and I have a reputation. Not only am I able to refill my own bucket, I get people calling me saying, "Kr, can I give you fifty thousand? Can I give you a hundred grand as a debt investor? Can you give me six percent as a promissory note?" people and people want you to be successful so you have somebody who's retired saying hey look i give i just want six percent i want you to be a successful sugar a baby whatever they call you mm-hmm. lemon pot, uh <laughs> a banana and they'll just help you and then you give them their money back in a year so now i'm at a point where i'm so successful that people start to call me and say okay. hey on your next one million dollar deal do you mind if i give you a hundred grand and you put up 100 grand. Or some people call me and say, can I give you the whole 200 grand and just let me be a part of your deal? Give me some of the ownership because I know your cash flow is so strong now that you can you can easily pay me back and make it a short-term debt. So they'll persuade me to say, just give me 20%, give me something. Yeah. Don't be greedy. We know you're going to... Because what's And this is the big thing. People don't know this about big apartment buildings. The guy I bought the 24-uniform, he bought that like two or three years ago for $900,000. What's crazy is that I bought it from him for $1.78 million. I said, it used to be nice when I would do that little refund, that $20,000 house, get that $85,000 check. I'd be all happy. I said, this brother, he put $900,000. He put one eighty dollars there, and he get $900,000? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I was like, that's 10 times what I was making. I said, I'm going to play in this league. Now. I, yeah. I want to stay up with these guys. Um. And so now what I do is I think very carefully about all the cash flows coming in. And because I'm a master of delayed gratification, I don't have to go out there and just do deals. I've never flipped houses. I don't like paying taxes, but I do pay the taxes I'm required to pay. But I do have a good account. We're going to get it as low as possible. But um, so for me, that's how I look at the future. So I, I'm thinking about strategic partnerships. I will. I have partnered with like a, a family, and they'll say, hey, KR, we'll give you this if you would give us some ownership. Um, but I, I haven't done big syndic I haven't done syndication with like syndication, the difference between the syndication and like the family is like a family approach where you say I have one family and they work with KR or KJ and that's it. That's only that's a millionaire, a billionaire, something like that. That is not a syndication, that's just yes. a small relationship. You open up an LLC. Yeah. Or the syndication is like if you decide that you want 506 to 506 B, 506C, you want 506 to get, C, yeah, want to get a 506C, you want to get 35 accredited or 35 yeah. unaccredited investors. Then you're gonna go out and do public stuff. I could go that route.
0: Yeah. Um, but well, it's interesting. I want
1: to make sure people don't get on my nerves. I, I, it did, I didn't. I didn't.
0: I didn't. You know what? From just getting to know you on the air, I didn't get the sense that you would go that route. Just simply be enough because you've you've talked about how important it is for you to stay with your close, you get friends and family, cultivate yeah. that relationship, and I I think essentially that's how you started KJ Consulting was one on one, and now you're thinking. Yeah. But guess what? You know this is this is interesting because maybe. You know, next time we have you on the show, you might be syndicating and I'm sure either way, you'll still be serving the community. But I guess if I ask you, KR, now that we're at the top of the hour and you've given us so much game, um, you know, what is next for KJ Consulting and, and, and KR? What do you project? I like to go back to the show and be like, see, he said this and you know, it was 2021, came in here June 1st. What do you see? What do you foresee is, uh, you know, you've done so much in your community and you've touched a lot of people, helped a lot internally and it, and it shows and their passion shows. And you've also been able to free yourself. So congratulations to that. Um, what is next for you? What do you see? So,
1: so I always tell my younger brother and some of my family members, um, I said my legacy for me And the next five or seven years is I want to take, I was that poor little kid, but I want to be able to, I look at my younger brother, my siblings or what have you, I want them to be millionaires. That's my legacy. When my close friends or people I work with are my students, right now they may take the slow path, but in like seven to 10 years, I want multiple students to say, look, I was one of KJ Consulting students. He showed me the game plan and I just, he gave me the plays and I just ran with them." I think that's what's going to make me excited. So one of my students may come to me in the future and say, hey, look, I think we should do syndication. I'm willing to work with you, coach it up. I run the business, we'll work together. I said, yeah, we could probably explore that. Uh, so I think the opportunities are endless. Um, I really think they're endless. And I'm so focused on trying to empower other people. So if you, if you are you willing to help me think about things differently then I'm willing to play? And so I'm in a situation where now, I can start to bet on other people. So some people say, have you ever thought about being a lender, to a special mm-hmm. lender or private lender some, to some of your students who may struggle with your financing? So I have someone exploring that type of business. So we may do that. Give some of our students 10000 15000 or something like that, or 20000 to help in that area. So I'm open because I know the only constant is change. So I'm open yes. to evolving.
0: Oh, that is so refreshing. I, I love hearing that. I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where you're going to take this. Uh, just because I could, you know, I could tell you're doing a lot of work. And again, I didn't mention this, but, you know, you were, you know, Philadelphia young, uh, young, uh, young playwrights. You're involved in a lot of things, 40 under 40 uh, leadership um, award uh, program in Philly. I mean, all these things where you're really giving back and pouring back in. guess For you. Why? Why are you so involved? We talked about the, the obviously the transformational uh, capital yes. uh, and wealth. Um, that you're trying to build for others. But is there another why? Because you seem to be, again, very tapped into your community. and I, I think you just touched on it about kind of helping you. But is there another thing that we should you know, leave the listeners with that may give us some better context as to why you're doing all these great things in the community?
1: So I, I think for me, when I look back when I was a little kid and I would just see how people were passionate and they didn't understand wealth management, or understand how to run a business, That just motivated me to explore what does it take to be a successful business person? What does it take to build real capital to affect change in people's lives across the board? I don't think that uh, poor people have a monopoly on obstacles and challenges. I think everybody in the world faces challenges. Our goal is that's the common thread that runs through our communities. And I think if I can convince people to all come together together, regardless of race, sexuality, and all those different things, I think we can affect change and make it a whole better place. And I just decided that my niche was going to be real estate. I also own, I like to push my stocks. Apple and Amazon I own over 100000 hundred thousand, two hundred thousand $200,000 worth of them. So if you're looking for stocks, go ahead. I'm pushing my own book. But other than that, I really think it's important that we educate our community And particularly just people in general that want to be good people. If you're a good person, then KJ Consulting want to work with you. We want to coach you up and help you become the most successful business person that you can become.
0: That's amazing. And they can definitely, I should say, take you up on that by going to KJConsulting.net. And you do have a boot camp that's happening Saturday, July 10th, if I'm correct. Yes. And uh, they're definitely welcome to tap into that. Also as well, I know our listeners are very big on us on social because we repurpose all this content and put it on social media. I know you have KJ Consulting on Instagram. Um, Where else can the people tap into all the great that you're doing to follow your journey, get inspired by it, follow your blueprint, join, tap into your network. Uh, Is there any other place that we currently miss that we should tap into?
1: I think the number, we also have a Twitter, but I think the number one thing is go to KJ Consulting, I-G-K-A-Y. J-A-Y-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G. Go to the link in our bio, click on that, and you can subscribe. And what we do is we send you like a newsletter email telling you about all the things we're doing in our apartment buildings or whether we're buying houses, how we're rehabbing, how we're rethinking things, giving you an insight into how we process things. Uh, And just continue to follow the page because we're dropping a lot of Monday motivations, Tuesday tips, Wednesday workout tips, we do financial literacy on Fridays. We go live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. So we do a lot of, we're just trying to give out a lot of high quality content. We, I like to say we're the apple of real estate online online in terms of education.
0: And that was uh, for the Instagram. Is that's that what it was? Instagram. Got it. Yep, make, sure, that's, make sure we plug that. I see that you're currently live right now. So you might have somebody else on your team also. Always, that, always baby. That's, that's what I'm I talking about. Would, see, he's a practitioner. He's not just yes. talking to talk, he's walking the walk. Yes. He's currently live right now. I saw the page. Exactly. Uh, so good for you. Listen, KR, you came in, drop knowledge. Uh, thank you so much for being the practitioner that you are. Tell, you know, uh, giving us insights into the game of how you got there, but then also being able to help others and showing, uh, being very transparent with your journey, and then giving us the tools as well so we can connect with you. So experimentation. We appreciate you for stepping to the lab, and just like that, we are out. If you're a real estate professional, a real estate agent, a real estate investor, a lender, a multifamily syndicator, a contractor, you name it. And you're looking to grow your online presence but you have no idea how to get started or simply don't have the time, at Invested Talent, we help real estate professionals extend their current business to social media. Why is this important? Without this, you wouldn't be listening to this show and your own host, Ruben Kanya, and his team would not have done deals they've done today. As a matter of fact, social media has helped us keep this show together which now exceeds a billion dollars worth of real estate from our guest's collectively. That's right. Our reputation, opportunities, partnerships, and most importantly, real estate transactions were started directly from social media. If you're a real estate professional and you lack an existence on a media platform, Invested Talent can help. Simply go to InvestedTalent.com forward slash social media and make sure you click the get in touch button to get in touch with our team. Again, that's InvestedTalent.com forward slash social media and get in touch with our team you focus on being the brand and we'll help you build it now if you know anything about the lab you know that we like to give practical advice so if you feel that this podcast was of any value to you please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes by going directly to the podcast app from the show's page. Scroll all the way down and leave us a review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Lastly, and most importantly, share this episode with a friend you feel will benefit this episode the most. Remember, there's a you and I in build. Let's build, y'all.